This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. Jets at Noon right here on 680-CJOB, Manitoba's Superstation, as it used to be referred to as when I was growing up. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The soup. When I moved to town, it was the super station. The super station. And then um, we got jobs here, and now it's just average. Now it's. <laughs> they dropped the super. From noon till three, it's average. <laughs> and then it gets super again. And then it, you know, when the news takes over with Richard Cluche and, of course, Skylar Peters filling in for yeah. Julie Buckingham. And it's back to super. Back to super. Yeah. So now it's the mediocre station till three, and then it's. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we try. We try to keep it at least mediocre. If we drop below mediocre, we're in trouble. Everybody has their days. Yeah. that's yeah. Cool. It's Thursday today, though. We're almost there. We're almost Feel there. Good. Absolutely. Long weekend uh, week, of course. Uh, short week, four days. Uh, thanks so much for tuning that's in. It's a great handle, by the way, the Superstation. Yeah, it is. And You're I think it me. also was because it went so far across the province, right? It just sounds like it's got everything you need. It's like a supermarket. And it really does have yeah, everything you need. It really does. What do you want to talk about? We'll talk about it. 34 days until the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames kick things off, and the NHL season gets into high gear on October 11th. Now, the big news in the National Hockey League dropped last night there, Jim. Uh, Jake Sanderson, defenseman uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators, formerly a North Dakota fighting hawk. Yeah. UND uh, grad. UND, baby. Um uh, signs a, a big contract uh, for $8.05 million over the next eight years. He still has one more year left in his ELC. And to talk about, now, when we talk about the Ottawa Senators, there's only one person here that we could possibly ever speak to. It's Ross Levitan, uh, co-host of the Locked On Senators podcast. Ross, the boss, how you doing? Ross, the boss. Good, good. You guys are talking about worrying about going below mediocre. You might be doing the 930 to 1130 newscast if you ever fall down there. <laughs> well, you have to I be. Like, yeah, listen. I can't. I can't reach. I mean, I listen to your those those newscasts, Ross, and like I'm talking pristine, perfect. The inflection, super? the up, the super. I would use the. I would use the term super. We, we'd have to fall pretty far out of favor to get that shift. <laughs> yeah. hey, as long as I'm riding your coattails, fellas, I'm just happy to be you here. You know what, though? Hey, nice. Nice to, little half local connection, getting the North Dakota aspect in here. There we go, well, and, and that's a tribute to you because Cam's right; those are outstanding newscasts, and that's how you make it in this world: is you take the first shift you get, and then you do them dynamic, and you do that. Well, the only reason, also, I added that in there because Ross put it in his email that he sent to me in the morning. That's great, yeah. And he tells well, me what's going on in sports, so yeah. that's the only reason I have that in there. So thanks, Ross. Um, I hope he, I hope he adds, don't mess us up. So this, this, the, the Ottawa Senators are. I mean, I, I, I'm seeing this trend of grabbing guys on their ELCs or just coming out of it and signing them to, uh, to big bucks. Um, we, we've, they've done it now with Josh Norris. Uh, they've done it with Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, um, you know, Thomas Shabbat as well. And now Jake Sanderson is the next guy on the list. Um, just going about the forums, you know, looking on Twitter, going on some of the, um, on Reddit as well. Not that that's a total entire look at how the fan base is, is reacting to this signing. So I'll, I'll go right to you, Ross. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think, you know, the Senators did well when they locked up Tim Stutzel last year at eight-year deal. Then he goes out and puts up 90 points. And mm-hmm. I think they're like, you know what? Let's do the same thing again. 
first off, can we can we get out of the trend of having to have players' jersey numbers in their AAV? Because we could have just done this eight by eight, but now we have to do eight point zero five so that he can get his number eighty five in there. Maybe said I'm not doing, doing it unless you pay me slightly more than Shabbat. I'm not doing it. Didn't Hellebuck yeah, do hey, that too? Hey, are you too? superstitious? Do you like your jersey number? Sure. Here's an extra fifty grand a year. <laughs> <laughs> Like, are, are we serious? I bet this? he wishes like, he wore 96. I do agree with you. Yeah. It is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I think uh, Sens fans are excited about this one. Like, he's only played 77 games, right? It's been one season, and he only signed his entry level deal just over a year ago because he burned a year at the end as, as the kids signing out of college do. And then, yeah, he still has next year as as his final year of his entry level, but he's poised personified. Like there, there's a lot of comparables that you can use with him and you don't, you don't look at the points and it doesn't jump out. Like he's not, you know, putting up 50 points as a rookie or whatnot, but uh, just so steady and really the type of defenseman that, that you win with where he's always been a leader at every level was the captain at the U S national team program and just kept getting better and better. He was in the mix. I would say for the Hobie Baker until he got hurt. Uh, in his freshman year at, or sorry, sophomore year at North Dakota, uh, first ever player too from uh, from Montana to make the National Hockey League. People listening might know his dad, Jeff Sanderson, had uh, had a thousand game career, played forever, uh, lots of different teams along the way. But yeah, Jake Sanderson and and this trend in particular, it's it's really interesting how you want to kind of buy buy now and take a bit of a risk, and then if the cap goes up all of a sudden for the next few years. You're looking like gangbusters. And my co-host this morning on, on Locked On says, says, I just turned 30 last year. He said, you know, you're going to be 40 by the time this contract's done. Like This, this is as long as it can get. He's got nine years left. And I think Sens fans are going to be really happy with the results. Because, yeah, if he can be a 45-point guy, he does so much uh, else well. This guy only took six penalties last year. Six minor penalties. Wow. And he played 77 games, averaging 25 minutes a game. So, just an elite defender, and you hope that he can add a bit of offense here as it comes along. So I did not like the Stutzel contract at the time, and since then I've been eating crow. I thought you could bridge him and use some of that money to augment this lineup, and, and then when the time came, pay him then, and then you would have him longer than not. It seems the Senators love these contracts, and I, I, I don't know what to think of this, Ross. Like On paper, this makes sense to me. This is a great way to lock up your core and not be going through what the Jets go through. Now, I feel the Jets and Kevin Sheveldayoff has that three- to five-year sort of map up on his wall, and he deals with two to three core pieces every two to three years and continues to augment and go around that, and I get that. This is fascinating to me. On paper at 21, there's nothing not to like about Sanderson, but at $8 million, he's going to be overpaid for probably the next two years. But he might be underpaid for the next six after that. (laughs) Stutzel is underpaid now. He's already underpaid. But but He hasn't even played a game on this contract yet. No, he's already underpaid. And so this is fascinating to me, right? Because... Is this the new way, and especially you know better than us, is Ottawa like Winnipeg? Like when Cole Perfetti needs a contract next year or Gabe Velarde, if the Jets believe in these guys, and I'm not talking eight by eight, but if they believe in these guys, should they not be going after the seven or eight year deal with with those guys? Is this the new way in the NHL, do you feel? Or is it a lot to do with it's Ottawa, we don't know what they'll feel like in four, four years, let's lock them up. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting too, and and this is kind of me, you know, um, looking through it with a fine tooth comb. All of Ottawa's guys who they've locked up to long term deals are American 
but with Canadian lineage. I don't know if that's like a particular skill set or, you know, nationality they're looking for. Like mm. everyone knows, you know, Brady Kachuk's mom's side of the family is all from Canada. Josh Norris, his dad's from Newfoundland and Jake Sanderson's dad from Alberta, but they're all American kids. So I find that to be an interesting kind of a side to the whole thing. But when it comes to building the core, like Ottawa's 2020 draft was going to make or break the rebuild no matter what. You have two top five picks. And they take Tim Stutzla at three. They take Jake Sanderson at five. Heck, the Jets did great getting Perfetti at 10 in that draft. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you look at it, they were going to live and die with it. So you may as well get these guys all signed up. And you mentioned, like, Thomas Shabbat, when That's he signed his deal, nobody wanted to, to play in Ottawa in 2018, 2019. Nobody. Nobody. So Thomas Shabbat gets his $8 million, And then really, once Brady signed, he's the heartbeat of the team. Still, to me, the most valuable player on the team, despite the numbers that uh, – Timmy puts up, but when, when he signed eight or seven years, he, he left one year off the max, but once he locked in, then everyone else kind of followed, really took after the leader. So if I was the Jets, yeah, I, I kind of like this strategy. Yeah, you live and die by it, but how many times are we talking about all over the league, these value contracts? Jack Hughes signed early, uh, mm. Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, all these big-name guys, and you're like, wait, they're making $7 million? And then you don't get into the situation where Toronto is, where you're getting four-year deals every once in a while, right? Next year they have Marner coming up and Nylander. And you're just always worrying about the next contract, whereas you have to make sure the players are driven, though, right? Because you don't want them to take the foot off the gas. This guy's made $1 million in his career, Jake Sanderson, and he just committed to 64. Like, that's, that's an unbelievable guarantee. But you have to make sure you have the right personalities in the room and I mean, we'll see on paper, right? Well, like, that, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Senators are a perennial playoff team, cup contender. So there's an argument to be made. Like, hey, why are you locking these guys up when they haven't proven anything consistently? But if you believe in it and you're willing to put your reputation on it, like Pierre Dorian clearly is willing to, I, I think it's I think it's a, uh, a, a high risk, but potential for high reward as well. Well, that's the thing, because we were running the numbers this morning, Cam and I, yeah. and, and if the Jets had done this with their core – they would not only have Hellebuck and Shifley for this year, but probably two more. Mm-hmm. And then the issue with that is, is like, it hasn't I, worked, I it hasn't that, worked was, so far. I was saying this to Cam. If you look at the last five, six years of the Jets, they've underachieved. And that's the danger of locking these up, right? Yeah. Now, can you trade Jake Sanderson four years from now? Probably at that price. But to have six or seven guys locked up for eight years it just doesn't leave a lot. Like you're sort of, this is us for the next five or six years. And if it goes the way it has for the jets, like I wonder how you do it. And you have like what you touched on Ross is the key to me is you have to know you have the right guys in the room, but how do you know that with 21 year olds and there's the, the, 25 year olds the, might go, I just married a girl from Florida and I want to go there. The thing is too, none of, there's all these no move clauses. You know what I mean? Like they're attached to all these guys. These are contracts that can be moved. The player doesn't have a say in where they're going. Like on right? paper, so I like the, everything about this. So if the team's like, it's not working out, it's easy to ship. See, I see these deals as win-wins and we're going to get into it after 1230. When we come back, Ross Levitan coast, the locked on senators podcast. Wish we had more time, man, but you take care. We'll talk soon. Always, man. Great to be on with you guys. Have a great day. Yeah, one final note here too, Ross, and to the yep. point of this, Bruce Garriak just tweeted out, season seats are up 35% over last year and renewals are at 90% for the Senators. So Yeah, everyone's excited about the new ownership and uh, the new owner, Michael Anlauer, is in the building today. So it looks like he's got the keys and 
his first stamp on this team, not like he wasn't a part of the Debrinket trade, right? He knows what's going on, but yeah. first official move is owner signing Jake Sanderson. So Ryan Reynolds would have never exciting. signed Sanderson. <laughs> no, he would have no, traded him. Yeah. Didn't have it in him. Yeah. So, no, no, it's appreciated. And yeah, I think the more you watch Jake Sanderson, the, the more that you'd appreciate the type of player. So yeah. Those, yeah, high risk, high reward, but no risk, no fun. So, that's right. I'll you know, those, that, those rentals, they just got no guts. They got no guts. It's twelve twenty two. Let's come back on the other side. We're going to talk about this. Is this something the Winnipeg Jets need to do? Is this a similar route? They're going to be in a, the Winnipeg Jets over the next little bit. They're sort of in a transition right now. Is, is this a situation that's going to present itself? And how do you think the Winnipeg Jets should react to it? 204-780-6868. And hey, lots of banjo bull talk. Chris Walby, uh, Bomber Great, is going to be joining us at 1245 as we tee up the biggest football game every year. The biggest sporting event in Manitoba all year long. It's coming up on Saturday. We'll have Chris Walby join us. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. The Ottawa Senators locking up Jake Sanderson um, to a, well, he's going to be, well, he still has one more year on his ELC. Next so it's year, a nine, they have him for the next nine years. Correct. Yes. And it's a over $64 million deal. Uh, and the Ottawa Senators have locked in their core. Here's the here's the tough part. Yeah. So it's the same as last year, this year for Sanderson. Yeah. But you know you have sixty million dollars coming. You just have to wait a year for it. So you you still rent this year, or do you? <laughs> the thing I always like it's think a guaranteed about, contract, so yeah. you just rent and. The thing I always think about is drive your SUV, or do you go? Let's build a house. So obviously, I mean, listen, he's making a good wage this this upcoming year. He's making nine hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, fantastic wage. But next year, he's going to get a check, his first check, and it's going to go from what is a pittance to an enormous amount of money. That His is first like check is going to be what he makes probably in a month. That's right. It's going to be in this year. Yeah, it's going to be a. That's what I mean. So do you just sit? Do you sit there and go, like maybe somebody in his life's like we should get a Ferrari. Wow. Oh, let's wait till next year. You'd be crazy not to. Well, that's a bad idea. Just leverage. With, no, but. just take your contract that you have, leverage it into buying huge amounts of things and just blow it. Leverage it. Just, just <laughs> leverage your contract. Just, just all you got to do is walk into a bank. On a year just go to, just go to a bank and say, "I'm leveraging this contract. This is a guaranteed contract. I'm going to leverage this. You better pay me. You better give me some but cash. You know I want saying, a new right? house. Well, yeah, I want the lake. Like you'll be the on cottage. the road, and the team will go, Sandy, you got a big contract. How about you buy the dinner tonight? And you'll be like, Well, not till next year. Not till next year. <laughs> That's right. I'm but getting, next year, boys, it's on me. Yeah, 204-780-6868-204. It it's an interesting life situation to be in, to yeah. be like, look, and you're right, $900,000 is more than enough, whatever. I'm not making yeah. fun of that, but I'm just like, to be a 22-year-old kid and go, but next year, <laughs> a year from now, You'd I'm going to get that a Starbucks time. on the way into That's the rink. <laughs> you know, I'm making my coffee at home, putting it in a mug. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not going to worry Coffee about it. Coffee machine's broken again, Jake. Well, next year we won't have to worry about getting another one. <laughs> but right now I'll look at it when I get home from that's practice. Right. 204-780-6868. So the Ottawa Senators locking in their core, Jake Batherson, Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, um, you know, uh, Thomas Shabbat, and, you know, Jake Sanderson now part of that group. 
Josh Norris as well. Um, it, it's it's sort of the Winnipeg Jets are going to find themselves, I, I feel like, in a very similar situation very shortly. Perhaps they're even in that situation right now. Um, you know, when uh, you know Cole Perfetti's in his final year of his ELC. Do you handle Cole Perfetti in a similar in a similar way? When Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, you know, Elias Solomonson, uh, Colby Barlow get to that point, do you handle it in a very similar fashion, right? Because the Winnipeg Jets, as we've already saw this year, are a team that is still 100% believes in the bridge contract. We just saw one with, with Dylan Sandberg, right? A well, bridge that's co- a prime uh, example. Like, would they not yeah. be better off instead of paying 1.4 over the next two years to go, hey, Dylan... Here is seven years at $5 million. Yeah. Now, the first two years, you're going to be overpaid. Yeah. But we think over the last four to five years of that, you're going to be a four to $5 million defenseman. Gabe Velarde signs a two-year deal. Still going to remain an RFA with uh, arbitration rights, just like Dylan Sandberg. Like, for me, um, it's real easy with Stutzel and Sanderson, right? And I know yeah. Sanderson only has one year. But at one Brady year... Brady Kachuk, it's easy, too, with a guy know, like that. Like, yeah. like, say Cole Perfetti plays 82 games this year and he gets 73 points. Are you better off to say here's like they did with Josh Morrissey, Mm 3.5 over two years. And then we'll look at it again. And then he goes on to be a point of game player. And then you have to look at eight or nine, or are you better off to go here? Seven and a half Cole. You had 70 points this year. You're 22 years old. Here's seven years at seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. And we think you're going to be our number one center eventually. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I'm fascinated by this because, like I said, I thought the Stutzel deal was was a mistake, and now it's it's the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. Because he's more than a point-of-game player already and going forward and blah. 21. It has to do with work ethic. It has to do with, like, he's the son of Jeff Sanderson, played a 1,000 games. He obviously gets it and, and understands things, and you would have to know that about, and I'm not knocking anybody else, but like you're, you're, say Vili Hainola plays this year, mm-hmm. and and look, this is what Jake Sanderson did last year: seventy-seven games, four goals, thirty-two points, six minor penalties. He finished a minus six. Mm-hmm. Say Vili Hainola comes in, plays eighty games, he gets forty points instead of thirty-two. Do you sit there and you go, here's a three-year deal at $3 million because you're only going in your second year, or do you go, here's $8 million over eight years, Billy? Okay. Well, here's another example. Cole Perfetti goes out and he scores 65 points this year in his final year of his ELC. Do you lock him in for eight, or do you give him That's a two-year bridge said. deal? Like, I don't I – don't. It's another It's another exact situation. And the Winnipeg Jets, based on how they've handled it, I you know they, they haven't always done that. Nick Ehlers signed longer term. Kyle Connor signed longer term. Um, like Josh Morrissey did this, and Josh Morrissey's the the irregular in my mind. Yeah, Josh had an ELC. He was on a top. Mark Shifley didn't sign a bridge deal either. He didn't either. He got his when he was a sixty plus point player, got six million dollars a year at the mm-hmm. time. It was, and then he became a six year in a row point per game player. Like this is the idea, right? Would the Jets be better off? And we already have a texter here, and I want to address it. The texter said Jets haven't won squat with their core. I'm glad they didn't lock them all up to the max. That's the point. And yeah. five years from now, if Ottawa's never gotten out of the second round, is this smart? No, it's not. But what if Jake Sanderson, Tim Stutzel, all the guys they've signed long-term are 
like all stars well, and like, point per game players. Like uh, uh, locked on Senators uh, podcast co-host Ross Levitan, also a colleague here at six eighty CGOB. That's like he says you're already going in with these guys. You're you're locked in with these dudes. Well, that's what I said. Like the like, Ottawa why Senators, not? why not do it? Like that's a really great point. I thought because what I see the Jets doing is giving themselves some flexibility. The danger of what the Jets are doing is because you're running into what's happening is guys are going to walk. Exactly, it's Winnipeg. Yes, sorry, but it is. Ottawa is Ottawa. To get these guys locked in, you know you're going to stay, but it doesn't give you flexibility four years from now. You're you're kind of hoping that over those two years, the team gets to a point or there's at least something coming up where you can sit down with Gabe Velarde, you can sit down with Dylan Sandberg, you can sit down with Cole Perfetti if it is going to be a bridge deal for him, or they might not, they haven't always done that. And, and say, listen, we want you to stay here long-term. We want you to sign long-term. But if the team is in the middle of what could potentially be a, a rebuild or a retool or could still be going on at that point, you know, the guys would be like, listen, I want to chase a cup, even even if it's nothing to do with Winnipeg. Gabe, Gabe Velarde is a prime example. Gabe Velarde came here and he said, look, it was nice in L.A. to go to the beach after practice, but I'm a hockey player. This is what I do for a living. Yeah. And it's going to be great to be in a hockey market. He comes out this year and has 70 points. This is a prime example. Should yeah. the Jets go, Gabe, if you like it here and we love having you here and we think you're going to be a point-of-game player, here's seven years. Just go for it. And then you have him for eight because he's been he's got a year left on this two-year bridge he signed. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, Cam. I don't, I don't know if, if it wasn't Winnipeg and a market that you could get guys to come to, I would sit there and go, this is a mistake. I, I would rather have the flexibility like the Jets have had every mm-hmm. two to three years to augment my core. And let's be honest, even those people who don't like Kevin Dayoff have to admit, he signs really good contracts. Yes. He gets players to commit at a really good price. He doesn't overpay, but he doesn't underpay. And it's really fitting. Yeah, I agree. So are you not better off if you have a GM that can do that to go, I need some flexibility here as opposed to, because this is a prime example. We just heard from the texter. Jets haven't won squat the last five years. Yeah, with this core. Would you Would you still five years ago with what was ahead of you and you just finished the Western Conference final yeah. to have Connor, Ehlers, Shifley, Hellebuck, Morrissey all locked up for three more years? Mm-hmm. Now, I think a lot of fans are going, well, like the Texas, well, they haven't won squat. Josh Morrissey told us yesterday, we've underachieved. Like, yeah. like in the new direction where we're at, it's time to get over the hump. Those are his words. That's what we've been talking yes. about. In four years, if Ottawa hasn't gotten out of the second round, they're pretty limited. Yeah. They've got these 25, 26-year-old stud players, but it might not be working. They're locked in. Now, yeah. You could argue five years from now, the cap's going to be way up and a lot of teams would trade for Jake Sanderson at $8 million. I get that. Yeah. But if you have seven or eight guys locked in for eight years, it's really hard to sort of navigate around it if you're not winning. But maybe that's the situation. Ottawa, I mean, they've lost Eric Carlson. They've lost Mark Stone. There's a long list of guys. Maybe it's the belief within the organization with, with Pierre Dorian to say, if I have an opportunity to get these guys here for eight years with no move clauses, which gives... Uh, which does give the team some flexibility. And if they do uh, uh, grow into their contracts or beyond, it's still something that you can move. Um, and now if I have an eight year, ch- a chance to get these guys for that amount of time, I'm going to take it. I, I don't think you can. 
That's you, the risk reward, right? Do you want the there's flexibility? No right, see, there's no right answers here, Jim. There's, want, no, yeah. there's no right answers if here. If they win the cup in the next eight years, it's worth it. Yeah. And if they don't, they shouldn't have locked them all up for this long. Yeah. And that's the black and white of it. Yeah. I just, I'm fascinated by it. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like New Jersey's doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. Really it's, young. Seems to be working for and them. And we're going all in on this core. Buffalo's just about, to, it's just getting to the cusp. Uh, a couple text messages, then we have to take a break. We'll go, We'll bring uh, Chris Walby onto the show. This texter says, what if these players are flops? Yeah, this is what we're talking about. And you're stuck with them long-term, and nobody else will want them with those contracts. Uh, Perfetti shows he can get hurt to rate him okay. All right, thanks for the text message. <laughs> uh, and North End Rook, we'll leave it with... That's a big uh, mistake, by the way. That's the opposite of locking Perfetti up. You trade him right now. It's the same as Logan yeah. Stanley. People are like, get rid of him, he's a bust. Nobody knows what Cole Perfetti is going to be. Nobody knows what Logan Stanley is going to be because they haven't played enough. Yeah, North End Rick texts the show. We'll, we'll, we'll go to break with this. Why would you want to commit to anyone? This management group has its head in the clouds. When it comes to expectations, they need to rip the Band-Aid off and suck hard for a couple years to build back in a big, big way. Well, that's Rick's opinion. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Banjo Bowl coming up. Chris Wall will be with us right after this. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. 204-780-6868. The Labor Day Classic always leads back to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl. Uh, pre-game is going to get going right here on 680-CJOB at 1 o'clock with kickoff at 3 down at IG Field. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders grudge match. Oh, yeah. Can I say the rumble in the jungle? Yeah, The yeah. thrill in Manila? Oh, yeah. That's what this is going to be. And bringing on to the show, Bomber great Chris Walby here with uh, Jim and I. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, Cam. Great to talk to you. And Jimbo, it's always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure, Mr. Walby. Glad to have you back on. And right out of the gate, I want to ask you this. The way it lost in overtime and the headbutt and all that went into it, how bad do you want to strap it on this this Saturday? <laughs> well, that's my first question. Actually. Oh, sorry. You know what? The weirdest thing about that is every time I watch a game at the stadium, I really might. I swear to God, my heart's going. I could get in there. I could kick that guy's butt. I could do it. I know. I <laughs> yeah, my first. And then, I, yeah, go and then I go down the stairs and I go, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to say. We'll go back to Chris Walby, uh, 1988, um, and his, you know, your quarterback gets hit. I mean, how do you deal with a situation like that? Well, I think it's a different world back yeah, then. Yeah, definitely. Back then, definitely would be retaliation. Uh, definitely. Be, I, we, we've had plays where, you know, we'll set a guy up. And back then, you could chop. You know, it was a lot more chopping within the yard of the line of scrimmage. So we'd make him pay some way. We definitely would. I mean, I remember Cal Murphy, uh, rest, rest in peace, Cal. Uh, he made me pull from the right tackle. And my job, seriously, was to clip the nose tackle chasing the play. Uh, you know, we heard some people back then, and it's just uh, that would not be even allowed nowadays. And and, and good good for that too. Yeah. Because uh, you know, I remember playing against the guy, and I know I'm going off topic, but I played against that no. guy named Rodney Harding, and we had a, a protection called seventy protection, which meant it's chop blocking. You want to get their hands down, right, so you can throw the football. Well, I chopped him one time, and he said, "Hey, Walls, I got a family. You know, you're you're, you're hurting my career." I said, I'll "Tell you what, let's make a deal." I'll tell you when the play at the 70, you put your hands down. So the rest of the game, no word of a lie, I'd go 70. He put his hands on my back and never knocked the ball down. I never tried to shot him or nothing. So, hmm. yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, it's you know, it's just a different game now. It's a lot more safety conscious. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with that, I guess. 
That being said, Chris, and I get that, and, and I appreciate you explaining that too, because yeah, yeah. it is much different. And I love the fact that you played in that era, but also understand that it's not the same way now. But exactly. a headbutt to the head like that, like that is back in your day or even today, that's you can't have that in the game. No, you can't. I mean, it was so late. I mean, that's the thing. I understand mm. the guy was jacked up from, you know, deflecting a pass, but to then go over there. And, you know, headbutt the guy who's not prepared for it at all. And that's the biggest thing. And you're dealing with a guy who's had a, you know, a history of concussion. I know it's being talked about a lot, but, uh, you know, he's not prepared for the hit. Uh, in football, as a quarterback, you know you're going to get hit. You're, you're, you're actually kind of tense up. You're used to it. But to just be standing there all limp and, you know, just not expecting to come across, I think it was a, was a bonehead move. I know he's apologized for it, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm blown away that he didn't get thrown to the game at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it came late. Now uh, I don't know how why the command center had to make that call instead of the referee who was looking at him right there. Uh, yeah, there's some inconsistencies with uh, this whole rule of you know hitting the head, but that was so obvious. Mm-hmm. He walked over the headbutt of the guy, put him on the ground, and I can't believe reading some of the comments out of Saskatchewan that oh, it's soccer, you know. Uh, Zidane from you know, oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, you know, I couldn't believe that top. either. I, I honestly, I know the rivalry and all that, but I said take the teams out of it, take the players out of it. You, there's got to be right of it. You just can't do that. No, but so it's not. Um, one thing I did want to ask you though, Chris, I appreciate you weighing in on that. Was lost in all of that was I thought the riders outplayed the bombers i i thought their um their offense sustained more drives and i thought they won the the special team kicking game both returning and coverage yeah i thought they I, to come out of the game with a short onside kick i thought what a great way to to start a game especially in the enemy territory you know where you're playing and you know you uh not 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 enemy territory excuse me but you're trying to get the fans behind you right away because the bombers know Saskatchewan's are good mm-hmm. uh so i i was really happy with that play I saw. I thought Brett Loft there with five for five for field goals, and I talked about this in my podcast, uh, Bonfire Sports. That I think that you had to watch this Mario Alford guy. This guy is a bonafide. He, every time he touches the ball, I mean, he could take it all away. And he gave great. They had great field position. Everybody's talking about you know uh, Dolligala, the you know the second year quarter, uh, you know the quarterback is yeah. second school to start. He's beat two of the best teams in BC and Winnipeg. He's got four touchdowns and interception. I think he, you know, I went back, guys. I went back and looked at his NFL, and I was reading some of the comments because being around, he's you know he's had a cup of coffee with a lot of teams, never stuck. And they said that the one thing that was against him, he throws such a dang hard ball, he doesn't have touch. He needs to learn how to put touch on the ball. Can't just you know throw it 100 miles an hour to people. But I, I thought his throws were accurate. I thought he played a whale of a game, especially for a young guy not turning the ball over. That's a huge thing. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown pass this game. He threw three against BC. Um, yeah, I'm, I was really impressed to your point there, Jimbo. I was really impressed with the way they played against uh, the Bombers. Yeah, we only have a couple more seconds here, uh, Chris. But, uh, you know, I mean, with the you couple of the headbutt situation, you, you add in the overtime loss, and this is the most anticipated banjo bowl of, of recent memory. Yeah, remember last year? Uh, and again, uh, they, they had the team that had the flu bug. They had to fly all the players in. Yeah, uh, they just got smoked. But uh, it's going to be a different, uh, different animal this game. I think Saskatchewan's riding a high confidence right now, winning two in a row against two of the best teams. Um, but having said that, I think there's a there's a awful distaste in the Bombers' mouth right now, and I really think that uh, I, I just got this feeling that they're going to lay a licking on Saskatchewan. 
I got the same feeling, Chris. Chris Walby, Bomber Great joining us now. Talk about the Banjo Bowl. One o'clock pregame show kickoff at three. Chris, you take care, okay? Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, guys, thanks for calling me, man. I thought you guys had me. You know, I'm not Christmas card list anymore, but come on, brother. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, We're going to call miss you. you. I'd, I'd help you get up and down those stairs, man. we got to call you more. I, <laughs> I miss you, Chris. I miss you. Uh, let's. That's it. That's for the show. We do got to have Chris yeah, on more. We do. Jim, Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Jeffrey Forche producing the show. Great job, as always, buddy. Uh, that's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.